A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. On today's episode, comedian Ben Elwood and I return to the world of David Lynch, this time looking at his second movie, The Elephant Man. My name is Justin Hamilton, and I am not an animal. I am a human being, here at Big Squid. for swinging by and joining Ben and me for the second part of our David Lynch deep dive, this time going all in on The Elephant Man. Uh, If you haven't seen this before, what an an emotional movie. Uh, Not a shock either, right? Uh, This episode was supposed to come out a couple of weeks ago, but I don't know about you, but it just feels like there's so much happening all of a sudden you know the everything's reopening suddenly there's all these movies and all these tv shows are dropping it's really hard to keep up with a lot of it like even in the last few weeks i've seen the new kenneth Branagh film belfast i saw last night in soho uh what else did i just see recently oh the the latest james bond movie it's just so much happening we've still got dune that's coming really soon. Uh, just the kind of stuff that you would expect uh, that I would like to cover here. So I'm loving doing these David Lynch uh, episodes. We're a little bit ahead of where you would expect us to be, and I would like to try and get them back on track a little bit more regular. You know, these uh, director deep dives often come out a little sporadically throughout the season, but even this one's been a little bit too long in between drinks so i'm uh, keen to get the next one out to you soon but let's not get ahead of ourselves it's all about the elephant man today Uh, we have a lot of new subscribers so for those of you who have recently signed up thank you very much we really appreciate having you along for the ride and uh, the big squid podcast is essentially where my friends and i discuss the art and entertainment we're enjoying and in the process maybe we'll help you find some things that you might enjoy too 
Uh, recently, we launched a Patreon, which gets you early looks at works in progress. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, the uh, subscribers got to hear a new thing that I'm working on. It's a storytelling element for the podcast uh, called Beautiful Tales for the Disenchanted. So they heard a very rough version of where that's at uh, at the moment. Uh, there's scripts for each podcast and there's bonus episodes like the one that's dropping tomorrow. That one's a Q&A with comedian and co-host of Total Reboot and Wise Cats podcast, Cameron James. He's answering the questions that our subscribers ask and it was going to be like a half hour, 40 minute chat. It goes well over 90 minutes. <laughs> the questions were so good and they really inspired some answers that I just was not expecting from Cam. They were good fun. So if you sign up, you can not only access these podcasts. Uh, actually, well, I think of it, the uh, first Q&A was with Rove and that ended up being a really fun one too. So, uh, yeah, so you can access these podcasts or... You know, you can also join in the making of them by asking questions of guests that will be coming up later in the year. Uh, also, when you sign up, you get an episode of Big Squid dedicated to you. And this week's patron shout out goes to Ryan Leon, who has been an early subscriber to the podcast. And you did a very good job of uh, helping to keep me sane during the lockdown. Some very nice messages where he's just checking in to see how I was going. And uh, Ryan has also been a big part of our directionless commentary podcast. If if you're a long-time listener to Big Squid and you're thinking, I've never heard of the Directionless Commentary podcast before, it's because I've just retroactively renamed it. <laughs> that is uh, where I would record a commentary track for a particular movie, and then we'd all watch that film at a specific time and place while hanging out in our private Big Squid Facebook page, and uh, people all over the world would watch the movie at the same time, and we'd write to each other, and there'd be little competitions, etc. So Ryan's been... A part of that, he's been a lot of fun, and uh, thanks, mate. I really so appreciate the support that you give to the podcast, and uh, I-, I hope this uh, David Lynch film is in your wheelhouse. Like, I guess it will be. I feel it will be. Anyone with your empathy must be a fan of this film. So, uh, thank you very much, Ryan. Let's get to it. Dr. Frederick Treves discovers John Merrick, a man with a congenital disorder who uses his disfigurement to earn a living in a sideshow. When Treves brings the man into his home, he discovers that underneath his shocking exterior is the soul of a poet, and in the process, learns a lesson in dignity and grace. It is time to enter the world of David Lynch's The Elephant Man. Are you in any pain? Are your parents still alive? Life is full of surprises. So how do you really feel about the word content? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> 
I hate it. <laughs> I know. I hate it. Why do people keep calling movies content? They're movies. Yeah, and like, like I looked up the Oxford definition of a, of content, and it's literally like the thing that's inside a thing. Right. It's like, and I understand, like you know, that, look, I I'm at war with my own head because there's that part of my head going, dude, words change meaning. You're in a new age, the digital age, you know, streaming services have turned everything into content, but just the homogenized term of it. Mm. It's like content to me is the bits of salt and peanut skins in the bottle of a, in the bottom of a nobby's peanut packet. Right. That's what content is. Right. Not a fucking film that took three years to make. Yeah. Thousands of people putting all their artistic integrity into it and yeah. just for, to dismiss it as content. But all of it. Yeah. Well, I went to Mona the other day. They had some really great content there. No, it's yeah. art. It's Fuck. art. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I agree totally with you. I had a mate of mine at, oh. at work the other day say to me that there's... Um, like with Star for Entertainment, good entertainment. And I was like, what are you talking what about? What are you talking about? We are not starved. We are overwhelmed. Yes. Like we are literally overwhelmed because 100%. we have everything that was made and came out this year yeah, yeah, yeah. and history. That, that's right. But history is being forgotten. And I think that the, the trouble with this age of like, what's new? What's next? What's next? What's next? Is we've, we're all in this constant now where instead of going, hey, man, there's like a hundred. Say you're into film. Yep. There's a hundred years of cinema. Yes. Behind us. Yes. You don't always have to be chasing what's next, what's next, what's next. Yep. Because, you know, like a classic film is only a classic film 20 years after it's released. We've discussed so many films on this podcast that were fucking panned when yeah. they first came out. And then over the course of time, it's like, no, this is a classic film. The reason it was panned was because it was so new that people didn't have the eyes or the ears to be able to process it properly. Yeah, or it just came out at the wrong time. Exactly. Or, you know, it the was... market didn't deem it necessary yeah. at this moment. And then it course corrects. Yeah, exactly. And so I think when people talk about we're starved for good content... That, that, I think that's my least favorite word in the English language. Talk, right. about, a, talk about a fucking trigger word. Oh, my Lord. Um, but I think when people say that they're starved for good entertainment or good content, it's like, well, then stop looking for what came out this year yeah. or last year. Yeah. Mate, have you watched all the films of Robert Altman? Yeah. Have you gone and watched any silent films? German yep. expression of silent films? They're fucking incredible. Yeah. Have you watched Buster Keaton's movies? Have you watched Chaplin's movies? Yeah. There is, I could sit down for the rest of my life and never watch the same thing twice yep. and die not having watched 10% of all the incredible shit that's out there. And you're just talking movies. I'm just talking movies. Have I'm you not seen talking... the TV series, The Singing Detective? Have you seen the first five seasons of ER? Yeah. Have you seen... Have you seen The Shield? Have you seen Deadwood? Have you seen Six Feet Under? Have you watched? Have you rewatched the first seven seasons of The Simpsons? Right. Have you rewatched all of Seinfeld? Have, have you rewatched Curb? Have you watched che uh, Cheers? Yeah, have you watched? You know, it's, it's, Mash. It's it's actually an infinity, and that's what's paralyzing. It's, yes. it's it, it is it is never ending, and so I think what maybe the culture needs now is great curators. Yes, um, but I also think. Well, that's what kind of I would take away the word great. That's what we're trying to do here. Yeah. We're trying to curate. Uh, you know, not saying it's right or wrong, but just kind of curate a space where mm -hmm, people mm -hmm. can talk about stuff that maybe they haven't thought about, yeah. you know, and, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, we try to mix and match, you know, we yeah. try to do the latest Marvel and we try to go back and do obscure things and but yeah. we're trying to curate a space. Yeah, totally. And but I think also this this idea of like we're starved or whatever. Again, it, it, it's a reflection of this 
place we're in where it's just like more, 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 more. Yeah. And I don't think people can just sit with anything anymore. Yeah. Like I, I for the first part of this year, I was watching one or two movies a day. Mm. It's too much. Yeah. It's, and like I'm glad I did it because I got to see a lot of stuff that I haven't ever seen before. Yep. But it was kind of in one ear and out the other. Uh, this because it starts to become a it's just one big well, mashup. God, this is this is really long. Oh yeah, it's a, it's a mashup once you've watched it, and it's also uh, do I want to do a two hour movie today or do I want to do two two one and a half hour? Movies. Yeah, and yeah. then it's like, well, why am I? Yeah, choosing movies on runtime. I should be choosing movies on what I want to watch. Oh, and you know, and 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 to go even deeper into that, like I love the um, the it's probably the only site on the internet I do like, uh, Letterboxd, mm-hmm. which is kind of a a place where you can log the movies you've seen and review them and get great suggestions from people that you follow and rah rah. rah. Uh, and I found myself watching movies. So that I could make my, my my letterbox diary more eclectic and oh, diverse yeah. for 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 an audience that isn't even looking at my letterbox. Right. So it became this whole thing like, what are you even watching these movies for? Right. But I just yeah, I feel like it's it's this kind of like TikTok Instagram thing where everyone's attention spans are splintered into a thousand pieces. So for a lot of people, the idea of going back. And watching something that moves at a very different pace, yeah. say a silent film or even a movie from the 70s, that's oh, not yeah. bang, 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 that is kind of um, abhorrent to a lot of people. Yeah. Because I, when I first got into silent films, it took like five or six. Yeah. It took five or six to go, you know what? This is how it is. Yeah. It moves very differently. It's very expressionistic. Um, but... It's worth the investment. Yeah. But I don't know that investment is really a thing that people uh, are committed to these days. I think they think they are because they watch nine hours of Squid Game in yeah. two days. It's like, yeah, I spent nine hours watching it. It's like, but you didn't really. Because one eye was on a fucking phone yeah. live tweeting how much you were enjoying it. And it's yeah. like, you didn't really surrender to it. I had a girl uh, at work the other day tell me that she watched the first episode of What We Do in the Shadows and thought it was okay. Mm. And then when I was talking about it, like she didn't even know who half the characters yes. were. And then she admitted to me, oh, well, I was on my computer for most of it. And That's I said, watching well, it. well, you haven't watched it. That's not watching it. I'm not being an arse. But, but you haven't not. watched it. But, but this is the entire fucking reality we live in now. When I went to um, the Met, um, I was in New York in 2019. By the way, just a little reminder, this is a podcast about the Elephant Man and we will get <laughs> it's to it. It's not two middle-aged men yeah. ranting about the state of the world. It is. Uh, so I went to the Met in 2019, yeah. uh, to New York, and I spent, uh, I think it was like three, it was definitely three if not four full days in the Met. Maybe my favourite place on earth. It is just incredible. Better than my lounge room. Better than your lounge room. Not not as many Batman statues, but still. Uh, (laughs) But I feel like it it was me and like two other people in that entire place that would actually stand in front of the Jackson Pollock or the Van Gogh or whatever and go, whoa, this is amazing. Like surrendering to it. Everyone else, it was just an opportunity to brag on Instagram that, check it out, I've seen Starry Night, click, next, 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 next. And it's like, but A, you didn't even really look at it. You looked at it through the viewfinder of your shit phone and you took a photo and you moved on to the next thing. So you had no experience with it. There is no way you are ever going to look at that photo again because you took fucking 40,000 today. It's just externalized to your hard drive. So... You may as well have just gone onto the Met 
website where they've got beautiful high res images of all the paintings and yeah. the sculptures there, and just looked at that because you just kept there. clicking through. Click, you weren't, you weren't click. there. Yeah, and but. Uh, it's I wonder the- if all our memories are going to be flat because people aren't yeah. w- looking at things in the real world. Like they're taking a photo of a painting. They're filming the concert that they've paid money Dude. to be in the audience at. Dude, the thing that I'd... Because I'd never seen a Van Gogh before. The, the thing that I'd never realised and could never have realised unless I saw the real thing is the paint is raised off the canvas. Yeah, and right. there were little sunflower seeds yeah. stuck in the paint from when the wind blew the, the seeds right. into the wet paint. How can You can't appreciate that from a flat image. You can't appreciate that unless you stood there and went, yeah. whoa, look at like, yeah. this is a piece of art, not just something to go, seen it, tick. Yeah. It's just, it drives me insane. I and saw an Edward Hopper yeah. uh, exhibition, you know, who did the that the, the iconic uh, people at the cafe had oh, night. Nighthawks at the diner. Nighthawks at the diner. Yeah. I just drew a blank on it. Thank you. Uh, just, you know, and seeing it up closer, I saw the original American Gothic. Beautiful. And you're like, whoa, in yeah. Paris of all places. Yeah, it was yeah, on yeah. tour and you're just like, oh, whoa, you yeah. know, and it is it is an overwhelming moment. Oh, wait, wait, but you, I, and I don't know what it is if people are afraid to give themselves over to a to something, whether it be a film or a piece of music or something, because essentially to really give yourself over, you, as in your ego, has to get out of the fucking way. You have to be vulnerable. You have to be vulnerable. And you have to go, maybe I don't understand this, or maybe I'm feeling something that is overwhelming. Yeah, Yeah, maybe I'm experiencing something that I can't even articulate to myself and that's okay. That's 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 living. (laughs) That's great. That's being in the moment. Yeah, it's just being... It's it's not making it about you. It was like working on Question Everything. One of the panellists who didn't have a lot of experience turned up and I, the first thing I uh, that they said to me was, I'm really nervous. I said, that's great. It means you're here. Yeah, you're present. You're right. You're, here. you're right here now. That's great. But it's this... We live in this culture now where everyone has to insert themselves in between the thing. I was... Uh, yeah. I went, uh, that same trip, I went to the Natural History Museum. And they've got the largest collection of dinosaurs, skeletons in the world. And I turned a corner and was faced with a full scale T-Rex. And it was literally breath. Like I literally like out loud went, oh, whoa. Uh, It's just there like rearing up. And, you know, your mind's placing flesh around it and going, holy fuck. Imagine if that thing was coming at you. And then I scan my eyes down and there's some... Human being who obviously has a lot of Instagram followers or wants a lot of Instagram followers just pouting and doing the peace sign in front of the T-Rex and their friends taking the photo and then, you know, the photo's taken and all the, the, the expression falls and suddenly there's this look of like grief and trauma and, and concern as she runs over to look at the photo and then deletes the photo and then resumes the pose of, hey, who I'm here. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? It's just a, it's a T Rex. Yeah. Like it's not about you. It's just it's a fucking T Rex. Yeah. If you can't stand in awe of a T Rex, yeah. Are you even alive? Yeah. That are thing would even, have eaten you yeah. and not even remembered. Next, that's yeah. the real next next that, meal. And I just it's like, are you even living if you're externalizing every experience you've ever had into this audience of people who a couldn't give a shit? Mm. You could you know. Sun Tzu could be alive today and write the most profound thing on Twitter and it would get three retweets and get buried under a mountain of shit. So it yeah, doesn't whatever. even matter. Yeah, whatever. That's just your thoughts. Yeah, it doesn't even matter anymore <laughs> putting it online. So, 
And I'm hoping that we're hitting some kind of apex where people realise, like... There's people out there who want things to slow down and there are people out there who want to listen to things and they do want to be challenged and they do want to be in an open conversation and... To be honest, a lot of them listen to this podcast. Right. <laughs> it's like we have a really good yeah. uh, listenership here of people who, you know, like they'll come in with their thoughts on things. They don't always agree, but they'll kind of, they know how to back up why they think something. And you go, oh, yeah, I can see how that happens. And, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, it's, uh, but, you know, that's, <laughs> that's why, that's why I try to stick to, when I go to Facebook, I, I post on other things and I, it's only the private page that yeah. I hang out with anyone. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. Whew, all right, how's everyone going? <laughs> you know, of course, uh, yeah. but out there it's, so what, what our job is, is to put out podcasts and write things on Twitter and write things on Facebook and put some things on Instagram and put it out there in a way that if those people find us, they can come and hang out as well. Yeah, great. And that's how I think of it. Yeah. And that's that, how I think of my social media. Yeah, that's absolutely. how I use it. Well, I think you're encouraging like an actual <clears throat> engagement with the thing rather yeah. than this kind of glib, you know, soon it next, what's it, what's next, what's next? Yeah. Um, Have you and, ever done an audit on your Twitter handle? Uh, yeah. A couple of, a couple of years ago, I, I, I scrolled through it and, and, and deleted anything that I could. <laughs> Oh, no, no. Oh, sorry. No. Uh, sorry. I, I meant something completely different. Oh. Um, do you know how you can, there's a site where you can type in your name oh, yeah. and it tells you how many of your followers are real and how many are not? Oh, no. no yeah, I did that. that. Yeah, how many? And I have many less followers compared to <laughs> some of my contemporaries. Yeah. And some of my contemporaries are coming in at like 47% or 43% and I come in at a fucking whopping 97%. Hey. And that means that I might have less followers, but the majority of people who follow me, I get the impression they like me. Not yes. They didn't see me, you know, like the thing I always think about is I remember Eddie Perfect just getting slammed by this woman on Twitter because he'd written something political. And she was like, I don't follow you for political bullshit like this. I follow you because you're great in Offspring. And it's like, well, maybe you should have done your research because... Yeah. Eddie Perfect's been political from the moment he put on shoes. Yeah, like, 100%. It's, 100%. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's one of the things that's always made me wary of being on certain things because yeah. it's going to get you the wrong attention. Well, I think that's the... I think, you know, I, I think the great promise of finding an audience online is being able to, you know... I would always rather have a smaller audience that... We're all in it together then. We're all in it together. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, like, you know, obviously a huge diversity in... Um, you know the kinds of people and opinion and stuff, but generally philosophically are kind of you yeah know, uh, somewhat aligned. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, no, no. I feel the same way. Uh, you know, there'd be some people out there that think would think that this next comment is insane, but I'd much rather be Hamo than Husey. <laughs> I don't think that's insane. Yeah. Well, you know, like from a success point of view. Yeah. But... I watched Husey um, uh, on the Masked Singer the other night, and I wanted to kill myself. So you know. When a, when a grown man in his 50s is going, oh, my God, take it off. It's like, is it, is it really worth it? Is the investment property really worth it <laughs> for being fucking contributing to the destruction of fucking all culture and civilization, please? What are you doing? What are you doing? You're, you're talking to a dancing toilet brush. This is out of control. This is the most fucked thing. This is like Black Mirror. This is the end of all things. Yeah. Take it off. Yeah. Take it off. You have yeah. children. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Speaking of which, let's get back to the elephant, the elephant man. man. <laughs> Uh, let's do it. Rant over. That's my anti-technology it rant. It kind of all fits in with uh, lots of the themes of this film. Uh, but actually, before we go further, uh, when did you first see this? Uh, probably first time 20 years ago. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, rewatched. I, I did a uh, after Twin Peaks in 2017. I watched yep. a few Lynches, so I rewatched it then, and then uh, two nights ago. And this was the time I this fucking shattered me, man. This, this movie it really oh fucked me God. up. It really messed me up. <sighs> yeah, it's you know, and the uh, so I reckon I saw it. I must have seen it in the 80s. You know, not long after it first came out, mm. it would have been. Uh, like I was eight, I think, when it first came oh. out. So I, I, I was a teenager when yeah, I yeah, saw yeah. it. Uh, and I don't reckon I've watched it since then. Right. Uh, but uh, found it uh, a, a pretty fascinating experience, which we'll explore through the, the podcast. And, you know, like, let's get into it. The opening mm. scene is a marriage of reality and a nightmare which sets the stage for what we're about to witness. Mm. John Merrick's life is equal parts reality and a nightmare. It's a pretty grim opening to a movie, but also do you think the dreamlike quality takes a little bit of the edge so it kind of allows you to go in or do you think it accentuates it? Because I, uh, for me, yeah. it kind of was like, a soft way of letting me know there's going to be some hard times. Yeah, yeah. I think it definitely, uh, it's definitely uh, announcing itself. And I think what yeah. you say of entering a nightmare is true. Um, it definitely, it definitely put me off kilter from the outset. Yeah. But maybe that's because I knew what was to follow. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, that there's something, I'm, I'm having a hard time articulating this, but obviously none of us, can truly empathise with the horror of what it would have been like to be John Merrick mm. in when is this the late eighteen hundreds? Yeah, uh, like it's just a, a reality that's beyond imagining. Yeah, but within that, there's something in it that is extremely relatable. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like the 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 objective experience of feeling maligned and yeah, and like a freak. Yeah. Um, and I think the opening, yeah, I think it, it, it definitely put me off, off kilter. Yeah. Um, and I think you you put it perfectly. It, 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 we are about to enter a nightmare. Yeah. And, 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 a, and, a, and not a necessarily surreal nightmare like a lot of other D- David Lynch staff. Though there no. are surreal elements, but the nightmare of this life that is just yeah. beyond beyond well it's almost uh, kind of the reverse of what lynch does isn't it which is he's uh, normally it's surreal horror mm. but instead he's kind of giving the real horror a surreal touch yeah. which kind of allows you to be swept into it yes before yeah, yeah, yeah. you have time to pull out yeah. really yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, i was so, uh, quite surprised that if i hadn't known like if if I'd never seen this film before yeah. and I didn't know the story yeah. of the Elephant Man, I could have easily thought this was set in the Eraserhead world. 100%, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, what else did you notice carry over thematically with uh, both films? There were, well, you know, there was the, the, you know, obviously the sense of alienation. Yeah. The sense of um, being stuck in a life that you don't understand and that you 
don't want to be a part of. Although that might be getting ahead of ourselves because I think there's a grace and a dignity to John Merrick uh, and an acceptance of his lot that is profound. Um, Yes. But, you know, like a lot of the industrial, technical, Ooh. you know, the, the churning of gears. Yeah, the, yeah, the, 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 the industrial setting yeah. and the soundscape. Yeah. Like, you know, so it, it could have easily, of course, um, I'm going to put a trademark on the Lynch world where John Merrick and Eraserhead have to team up <laughs> with Sailor. <laughs> <laughs> against an evil Bill Pullman who keeps changing shape. Yeah, yeah, they team up with the guy from behind the Denny's in Mulholland Drive. <laughs> <laughs> this is the movie we've always wanted to see, isn't it? The Lynch, the Lynch Cinematic yeah, yeah. Universe. Um, Blue Velvet Infinity Game. <laughs> there's a there's a shot of um, Hopkins walking down a pretty derelict yeah. street uh, to try and find yeah. John Merrick for the first time, and that felt very erasing. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, pipes dripping, yeah. viscous fluid, and some weird looking dog. In- that, that must have been. It was. It was a very strange looking dog. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just kind of like <laughs> across yeah. the street. Yeah, it, it had that. It had that erasing feel for sure. Like if you'd found out that the dog was one of the freaks, you would have gone, "Oh yeah, right, yeah." Because <laughs> there seems to be something weird going on with that dog. <laughs> I feel like that dog knows more than everybody else. <laughs> What's happening here? It's bizarre. Give him a pen. He might have something to say. The uh, interesting uh, sound mix as well. I found it was quite low at times and yeah. uh, wasn't quite hearing things. But, mm. you know, I mm. don't want to bring up Christopher Nolan so early in the oh podcast. But no, but ding, I think... Ding, I, ding, I take think a drink. That, take a drink. But I do... I, I, I quite... Like, that's fine for me. Mm. Like, I just kind of... It kind of... There's something about it that kind of sets the mood and helps me understand the place when, you know... And Lynch is a master of that. I think there's... uh, Is it the Twin Peaks movie where there's a nightclub scene and it comes with subtitles? And to me, that's one of the light bulb moments of movie making that I've experienced where as a kid, I was just like... I know that sounds kind of trite or maybe it sounds like I'm overreacting, but sitting in a cinema where it's really loud and then it's like, oh, yeah, no, I've... Been in places where I can't hear people, and mm. oh yeah, it it is weird that you have nightclub scenes where you can just hear people talking yeah. normally, and you're like going, "What?" Yeah. Or they enter and it's really loud, and then suddenly, it you know, drops. the 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 voices are mixed above the yeah yeah. It's something that I uh, maybe in the past um, balked against a bit more, but uh, I, I've been telling you I've been watching a lot of Robert Altman yes. movies, and he's very renowned for this technique of say you go into a bar and there's 20 people in the bar it's not just the two main actors that are mic'd everyone's mic'd right right everyone's right. wearing a lapel mic and yep. everyone's just told go for it yeah and so it's quite jarring at first you really have to kind of go yep. whoa this is happening and i and it's like you have to strain to hear the main conversation yeah and all of a sudden you'll you know you'll just hear some little line shoot out from Someone else that's yeah. completely unrelated, not even a character in the scene. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's almost like a. Um, so it's like, you know, when you get a comic book and there's a crowd scene and yeah. they put the bubbles over the top of totally. each other. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And if you Speech can bubbles. give yourself over to it, it's this sense of like, fuck, this is, this is really happening. Mm. You know, it's, this is, this is, this is dynamic and alive in a way that so few movies are. Yeah. That, that, that's, I mean, I know we're going off track for a second, but that's what I really get out of Altman's films. I don't think there is another director that. Whose films feel so real? They're right. so alive yep. because everyone is, and and his other technique is that he never tells anyone where the camera's pointed. 
Right. So it's just like, go right, for it. Right. And maybe the camera will be on you, but maybe it won't. Yeah. Uh, and right. so everyone's just doing their own thing. Yeah. And so you really feel like it's a documentary or something. It's, yeah. it's fascinating um, way to make movies. Yeah, right. Mm. Um, I love that. Mm, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's, it, it, once again, so much stuff that is mainstream. It's so cookie cutter. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. to break out of that, it's uh, yeah. really exciting. Yeah. Um, was this the first time you'd ever heard the story of John Merrick? From the uh, the Alpha Man, yeah. No, I had, I had a book when I was a kid. <laughs> God, uh, I had a book when I was a kid called The Big Book of Freaks, <laughs> and um, yeah. it covered. Yeah, it was like in my library. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I've read that, and it had like the the dog face boy and yeah. the, the the original. Uh, I know it's a politically incorrect term, but Siamese twins, the, yeah. you know, they were, that's what they were from called. Siam and they, yeah. you know, that's where the term originated. Uh, and there was a section about John Merrick in that, um, and the whole story, you know, how he died, how he chose one night to sleep like quote normal people do yeah. and, you know, lay on his back and asphyxiated and I don't know the whole if, thing. Yeah. I don't know if I got the story from that, but I'd read it yeah. somewhere else as well. Yeah. Uh, Big Book of Freaks. Freaks. Oh, it's a whole series of big yeah. books. They're yeah. fucking great. I've yeah. got most of them, but I don't have the Freaks one. I used to have most of them, actually, and then through the process of moving, sometimes you yeah. just have to give up on holding on to some yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, So uh, for people who don't know, we're doing a Space Podacy series, which mm-hmm. would have started by the time uh, we're, uh, like we're recording this before we launch on Tuesday. But... Yeah. Um, uh, and so, uh, you know, I don't want to get too far out from this, but I was thinking of Adam Pearson in Under the Skin mm. and uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how, uh, you know, he can kind of control his life a little bit more. It, yeah. it kind of made me feel, you know, it's very easy to be negative about modern day life, but it made me feel like I felt much happier knowing where we are now, where someone oh, like yeah. that is, uh, like Adam has an opportunity, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people are, you know, because I think this film... There's more empathy. Like, there is actually more empathy. There is more empathy. Yeah. And I think the, 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 the film, The Elephant Man, shows maybe the beginnings of kind of a, a, an evolution in perspective and thought. Like, it, it really does seem to be the people who are just awful. Yeah. Uh, and that's through... Lack of education, lack yes. of empathy, time and place, rah, rah, rah. You know, panicking about their own lives. So yeah. they don't, you know, you you run out of empathy. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And, and you know, you see that in, in, in modern day life, you yeah. know, uh, particularly in areas where there's a lot of homeless people. I noticed oh. that, there is a, a, that there is a general increase in the aggression that people have towards homeless people. Yeah. You know what I mean? If it's been three or four people in a row, suddenly you get people doing the fucking... No! Yeah. Um, and I, and often I think, is that because you hate this person or you just feel so bad at this point that you're like, stop making me feel bad. Stop Fuck making off. me feel impotent. Yeah. You know, uh, about... Uh, in, uh, maybe when I turned 40, I kind of made a decision that it's not like I don't have empathy for everything, mm. but there was only one thing that was going to be a focus because I couldn't I, I couldn't spread myself so thin anymore because it felt like I, in the process, was not being left much for me. Yeah. And so uh, I just... So now my thing's animals. I put money into animals yeah. and, you know, I know other people are doing other things. So, yeah. you know, but... Yeah. Yeah, it, but that was kind of self-preservation. And even then yeah. within that sphere, it's like, oh my God, I'm donating to this and this and this and this. Uh, the donation part of it is not the problem. It's 
all the emails that you get yeah, about yeah, it yeah, and yeah, stuff, yeah. and it's like, oh, like I'd be quite happy if you just took my money and didn't tell me anything. Oh, totally. <laughs> I'd love to get to a point going, oh, I wonder why I give all that money away. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But it seems to me there's only three ways to go, right? There's yeah. the There's the feel it all, all the time, and, you know, I know both of us have been in that, in our lives, and that yep. is basically paralyzing. You be, but you basically become completely ineffectual. It's too much. Yep. You know, if uh, you know, there is never, there isn't. <laughs> you know, we talk about how there's no such thing as a um, a uh, dearth, uh, a lack of content. Mm. There's no such thing as a lack of suffering. It just goes. Mm. It's bottomless. It goes forever. Yeah. Uh, if it's not the environment, it's people. If it's not people, it's animals. It's just on and on and on and on yep. and on. So to feel it all all the time, you're basically just, a, 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 you know, a wreck. That, by the uh, way, is suffering content? <laughs> yeah, it's content for me to feel better about myself. Yeah, um, but also ha- having too much empathy is not only paralyzing, but it can also become a crutch of which you use that to mould who you are, totally. and then it can turn into a level of narcissism or mm-hmm. martyrdom, it's that savior complex, the wounded yeah. healer. So you you know you have to be careful with that as 100%. well. Even I- though it can, I-, I think it often starts off with the best of intentions, yeah. and then it suddenly. Look at me! I'm trying to save the world. Yeah, 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 Bono. yeah, 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 yeah. You're doing. You're, you're putting. You're putting the the money in the homeless person's hat, looking around to see who yeah. can see you. Did uh, anyone just see me yes. put this dollar coin in? Yeah. Oh no, no one saw me. I'll just take it out and put it in again. Yeah. Hang on. Take another shot. Take yeah. another shot. Yeah. What filter are you using? Are you using uh, Marta? Are you using Marta? <laughs> Yeah, the filter that puts a, a halo more, above my head. Yeah, it puts a <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 like draws a little line down to who the person is that you're being lovely yeah, yeah. to. Bloop, 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 bloop. Um so there's that. There's the feeling all of it all the time. Uh there's the feeling none of it any of the time, which is basically becoming some calloused yeah. you know, scab yeah. uh that, that that becomes resentful of the yeah. suffering. Uh and I do believe like unless you're a f- full-on psychopath i do believe that that starts as a survival mechanism like sh- yes. just shutting it out and like yeah. fuck man i can't yeah um, whether, th- whether through the awfulness of being bullied or being too empathetic you swing too far the, wrong to the way. other way yeah or there's the third path of you know going look uh i'm one person and i can only do so much and so these are the things that i'll focus on doing and yeah just to, you know but that takes a level of maturity of accepting the fact that you know <laughs> it's the, the pile of shit is infinite. It just will never, yeah. you know. There's nothing. Any even if all of us were doing everything we could all the time, it's it's not going to stop no. this kind of relentless churn yeah. of of human suffering and on and on and on. Um, well, we can't get rid of it either because then no. how do we define the good stuff? Yeah, exactly right. So you know, it's um, it's a, it's it's. I think it's something that every thinking person has to square themselves with somehow some mm. way or another uh, in their life um, you know and my preference would be to either feel it all all the time or, or, or feel it in a more productive way and not kind of yeah. become some um, you know snarling you know, <laughs> get a fucking job that guy's like yeah. that guy's really mentally ill I don't know that his CV's up to date I, yeah. you know yeah, I yeah, just yeah. don't know why if, don't you give him a lift yeah. he must be going to work yeah, here soon you know, the, you know the guy's got shit running down his leg like yeah. he's not fit to go to a job interview what are you talking about yeah and once again good to talk about Husey no I uh, <laughs> I like Dave <laughs> by the way everyone can work out <laughs> I'll leave it up to them. They can choose which one they were in that story. <laughs> um, John Hurt, 
Yeah. Like, pretty amazing. Yeah, um, gift of a human. What should he be praised most for? The performance mm. or the hours of makeup he had to endure? And were you like me, just at, like, once you kind of get used to mm. uh, the makeup for John Merrick, mm. it was maybe about an hour and 10, hour and 15 in, I started laughing and had to pause because I was thinking of Stephen Dorff in somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Having all that yeah. makeup applied and that that very slow <laughs> zoom in, and you the can just chilling hear, moment of that movie. Oh my god! And you can hear the breathing. <sighs> and and you know when John Hurt was being put in that makeup, you know this is back in a day where it was not as technically proficient. I think they say yeah. it took eight, eight hours uh, to I've put that, all of that on. Bits, yeah, yeah. I think it's six six hours every day. Um, look, I think I think the two go hand in hand. Yeah. I don't think the performance would be as effective if he hadn't had that stuff layered on. Uh, and, you know, it would have been very cumbersome. It would have affected the way he moved. Yeah. Um, the fact that such a profound performance somehow comes through that much rubber and latex is incredible. Yeah. It's incredible. And also the uh, the obvious, uh, like the almost borderline over-the-top sound effects that David Lynch adds with the breathing and the sucking. And, yeah. you know, it's... Uh, not over the top as in comical, but he makes it just a little bit louder than it probably needs to be to just kind of let you know what everyone else is hearing in that room. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it really centers the character in in uh, many kind of different ways. And it's, uh, and, it's and, just and how, then you've still got the performance within that. Yeah, and just how difficult it is for John Merrick to do the uh, one of the basic functions of life that we don't even think of just to breathe yeah. is fucking hard for this guy yeah. which again is you know as much as you can't project yourself into that body and that life you know stuff like that really kind of um yeah i think the only way you can understand such divergent ways of being alive is through metaphor Right. A friend of mine who uh, he's passed on, uh, but he had cerebral palsy and he he talked to me a lot about how the older he got, how as each year passed, he's like, you know, the feeling you get when you wear a pair of shoes that's two sizes too small. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, that's what my entire body feels like all the time. Oh my God. Right. Yeah. And, you know, we were like brothers for years uh and that was the only that was the first time i ever was like oh yeah okay and 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 then that sudden realization of you know um well the reason you're not you didn't think about it is because you never he was your friend so you never so you weren't thinking about it like that way that's not a bad thing yeah yeah no no absolutely not and and you know and and he would never you know dan was such a yeah, proud, he was just he was such yeah. a proud guy. Yeah, he was just um, sharing. Yeah, but it was that, you know, it was that thing, it was that realization of the things that you take for granted that you don't even realize that you take for granted. Yeah. And the, and the, and the, and the things that you whine and bitch about without like oh, this guy's whole body is in agony all the time. All the time. All the time. Yeah. Um and yeah, I think the only way you can understand that if you're lucky enough to be relatively able-bodied is through metaphor or through someone actually explaining it to you yeah um it's a question you don't even think to ask yourself yeah because you just don't you know yeah you know the um when i was watching the film i I kept waiting for a certain line to turn up and i was and like it's the line that i've always remembered from the movie and i was sitting there waiting for it to turn up and then it Mm. didn't turn up and it was like 
how did I remember that so Which incorrectly? Um, and it's where he talks about his uh, his mother was knocked down by an elephant and how beautiful she was. Yeah. And then I realised, oh, no, I watched a special about David Bowie playing John Merrick, the <laughs> elephant man, so often that I actually had just put that line into the movie. But anyway, the reason I uh, bring that up is... Uh, uh, Bowie used mime to do it on stage, yeah. and he he said uh, he, it was interesting. I'm not saying this is right, but he was saying that after a while he became deadened to the makeup, and he just spent most of the movie trying to understand what John Hurt was saying. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And he he much preferred the the mime aspect and holding yourself so you can. Anyway, I, I think I think for a movie you have to have. I think so the, too. The, the makeup. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because um, the theatre. Uh, movies are closer to real life, which sounds weird, yeah, yeah, yeah. but the theatre engages the imagination more yes. and films show you what it is. There's, there's more of a suspension of disbelief yes. in theatre. Yes. Um, but yeah I, yeah, I think the makeups. My mum went and saw the play yeah. in New York yeah. and Bradley Cooper played the Elephant Man, which I kind of think is a bit gross. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> this like really beautiful man hobbling around the stage going, Ooh. Oh yeah, but David know, Bowie man. was a beautiful man. That's true and, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'd be curious to know, I'm a bit fascinated by Bradley Cooper. I don't know anything about him. Right. I kind of, there's some movies of his I really like, yeah. but I kind of am not a fan of his and I'm not sure how I feel about him, but every time I see interviews with him, he seems... Lovely, but then do you know what I mean? When yeah. you just anyway, it's a very funny. It's been a very funny thing. Like I'm not going to see this Bradley Cooper movie at some point. I watch. I go, oh, that was really good, yeah, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and anyway, my mum said that she wept through the whole thing and oh, it was right, incredible. So right. you know, yeah. it's 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 me just probably being. Uh, uh, a short, bald guy getting resentful about a really good-looking guy pretending to be. Uh, yeah, that's fine. What else? <laughs> Sometimes you got to do it. <laughs> Tell you what, let's uh, let's keep on the beefcake conversation. Uh, how striking was Anthony Hopkins as a young man? Like, oh, holy shit! So beautiful. The way he first Those appears. Eyes. Yeah, it's like it's it's weird. I don't know. I don't know how they did it. But he's dressed like everybody else, and he looks like he's come from another world. Mm, <laughs> and, yeah. you know, and he's just got um, just got this calmness to him as he walks through this sea of chaos. Yes. And yes, oh, like yeah, like it, it's like I. Of course, I remember that version of Anthony Hopkins. It's just that he's been older for a long time, yeah, and right. he's still prolific. Yeah, so. It's like, oh yeah, my God, what a beautiful man! And the stillness, you know, and and like, there's a complexity to his performance that he's the only one from the first frame that you see him to the last frame that you see him that is conflicted. Yeah, he's never he never lands on one side or the other in terms of his own role in. Am I exploiting this guy? Yeah. Am I do? Have I done a good thing for this guy? Yeah. Or even at the end where it's clear he's done a great thing for this guy, you know, after the opera. Uh, but when he leaves that room, there's still a sense of heaviness to him of, was it all was it all for John Merrick or was it all for me and my career? Yeah. Uh, and, and whereas everyone else, they either land on, ew, disgusting, or they grow to, you know, love yeah. John with yeah. that, unequivocally. Yeah. But... Anthony Hopkins, and it's all in the eyes. It's, it's an all incredible in the eyes. performance. It is one of his most underrated performances, I reckon. Yeah. I just found him mesmerizing. Yeah. I felt at first when his name went up first, I'd forgotten that he got top billing, mm. and then uh, and then John Hurts, and I was like, oh, 
oh yeah, I guess that's right. But then when you watch it, it's like, oh, you know, no, 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 no it he's, it's his film. He is the centre that everything revolves around. And I think it's such a... I do believe he's a good man yeah. because he doubts himself. Yeah, exactly. And that's... I loved that yeah. aspect of it. Also, I think his entire... Uh, perspective on the on the situation everything about about his character and his performance everything is summed up in one shot where he first oh uh, and he cries the single tear falls down as the camera pushes in yes and it's the it's the tear of it's not the tear of oh i've seen something that's grossed me out and disgusted me it is the it is the full understanding of what must this guy's life be like? Yeah. This is beyond... And it's not just the fact that he's so physically deformed. It's, you know, he's in this disgusting shack with this fucking gross alcoholic, you know, who beats the shit out of him. And he's weirdly sexual. Yeah. Like, you know, ooh, my treasure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. You know, and it, and it's all of that grief and all that trauma summed up in 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 nothing. It's like nothing. It's it's like a, 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 the camera pushes in and a single tear rolls down his eye, but everything is in the, the landscape phenomenal. of his face. It's what unbelievable. A, what a phenomenal performance! Yeah. Or a uh, few other actors I also want to talk about, but also his wife Beautiful. is just pitch perfect. Yeah. Like what a like yeah. I, I think she's you know she obviously has less scenes and less to do, mm. but. I think her performance matches Hopkins. I think all the performances are unbelievable. She has a really subtle thing going on where she first meets him, where she has that thing of... She has trepidation. And and she can't... She has a hard time looking at him. Yes. And it's... And, you know, obviously we project onto performances, especially ones that aren't as overt as, as a lot of... Like, it's a very subtle performance. But what I saw in that was it wasn't just the inability to look at him because she felt confronted or disgusted or whatever you want to say it was again that thing of like oh, oh you poor baby oh yeah no no poor, uh, i, I poor... took it i took it to be completely overwhelmed with empathy yeah and yeah. just what what is your life what must yeah. it be like yeah. um and not in a condescending way no 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 but just you know uh, imagining yourself in that situation for yeah. even a second and being like oh god yeah. Yeah. and you know i mean i've 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 often had that you know uh i've i've, I've won't go into I've, I've got friends who have facial I don't even know what words to use yeah uh, they have facial differences yeah uh, and you know I've walked down the street with them and I mean it really it really clues you in yeah it, it gives you you know just five minutes of it the way people you, it's the full spectrum I've had I've seen people stop in the street and go oh yeah like overt if they're not doing that, they're looking out of the corner of their eyes. Yeah. You know, there's a there's a there's a shutter. There's a, there's an everything, and then you start thinking about all the times you've walked down the street going, "I feel fat today." Everyone's looking at me. It's like, no, they're not. <laughs> no one's no, looking no. at you. No. And even if they are, it's they've forgotten that you existed three yeah. steps later, and they're back to themselves. Um, but that that empathy of realizing, like, no, this is every day, every day, every day, every minute of every fucking day for you. Um, it's overwhelming to even think about, let alone, you know, imagine the the reality of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's uh, 
it's important to try and remember. By the way, I have that same reaction when I see meatheads walking towards me. Oh, God, yuck. Yeah. Oh, what the fuck is that? Yuck. And I keep walking. Gym junkies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. The, um, by the way, the, the one good thing, uh, the one fun thing about Anthony Hopkins' performance is, did you notice that every time he enters a room, he enters like a magician? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he always enters with purpose. I am here. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Uh, very early on, Hopkins says that they're seeing more injuries of a certain kind because of the rise of machines. And then uh, suddenly this felt like it tied right into Twin Peaks, The Return, Episode 8, didn't it? Yeah. It's like the, 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 me- the mechanics of the world that explode and all the terrible yeah. stuff that comes with it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. These Faustian bargains that the, the, the humans make, you know, especially in the big revolutions. Yeah. Uh, you're at Sapiens. Sorry? Have you read Sapiens? No, what's that? It's a Yuval Noah Harris, I think his name is. Okay. It's a, it's a book just about the, kind of the evolution of the species from, yeah. you know, when we first started to now. And, 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 and he talks a lot about that, like these, these revolu- like the agricultural revolution. Like, you know, all of a sudden in the space of a couple of decades, you've suddenly got people dying because, you know... Uh, these crops are pooling water and poisoning the water supply and all of a sudden lower back pain is a real thing because people are spending eight hours a day punched right. over. But, you know, it, it's like... Oh, so the first chiropractor suddenly yeah, comes yeah. into existence. But within like 10, 20 years, it's like, this is just how it is now. Like, we're, yeah. we're too far along in the process to reverse. Yeah. We've got these great silos full of corn and grain and wheat. So it, it's these bargains that we make as a species yeah. without kind of taking into account and the, the, the negative repercussions. And we are absolutely seeing that with the digital revolution now. Yeah. You know, we're all bifurcated. What, what we were talking about earlier on. Yeah. You know, everyone's consciousness is splintered into a million pieces. Yeah. And you, you can't just turn the fucking internet off now. No. This is too far along. It's, it's no. the, the whole fucking world it's economy is fucking based around it. So yeah. Everything. We, we either have to fucking learn to augment it and, and uh, you know, or we just surrender to the fact that our brains will not be the brains that we had for most of human history in another 20, 30 years. Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting. But yeah. But you, uh, you know what it is. It's, like, it's the, you know, it's the, the way we gazed at loved ones is the, the way we gaze at our phone. And oh, it's yeah, all man. about, you know, once we can fuck our phone, everything will be okay. Oh. <laughs> Every phone will come with a flashlight attached to it. Apple 69. Uh. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. I mean, people do gaze at their yeah. phones like, yeah. you know, like they're lovers. It's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Lunging for it first thing in the morning. Uh, yeah. Tell me I'm good. Tell yeah. me I'm real. Yeah. Fucking your laptop behind your phone's back, you know. <laughs> Going down on your desktop. Anyway. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Any I can do more. Yeah, more. <laughs> Going to the hospital to have the mouse removed yeah. from your arsehole. Uh, yeah. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. You know what? Uh, th- something that I forgot to tell you was uh, when he's doing the uh, surgery and it's a really mm. serious scene and he's talking about the rise of machines and that. How funny is it when he just coughs into the open wound? Yeah, just on that. yeah, 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 yeah. Anti-masker. <laughs> oh, man. It was, there was so... Like, it, there are some really funny moments oh, yeah. like that. that very was, subtle, but that yeah. That was one of my favourites. Yeah. <laughs> you know when you... Cause, uh, did you watch it by yourself? Yeah. Yeah, uh, you, it's one of those ones where you're like... Did I just see that? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so good. Um, and the guy's not anaesthetized either. He's just, oh, no, uh, you he, know, and they're, he, they're holding his legs down with ropes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's my fucking God. chewing into a bit going. And meanwhile, fucking Hopkins is going COVID. Yeah. Um, 
there are also so many uh, like a lot of the movies film like a horror movie, mm. but in this, it's the, the so-called monster that's terrified. Like it's yes. you know, it's like normally it's the monster making everyone scream, and but this it's the person that we consider the monster who is yes. just in terror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know that feel. Oh, it feels a bit trite to say, oh, that's what the movie's about, but, uh, or, or, you know, maybe an obvious reading of the film or whatever, but, you know, it just kind of really does point out how awful people can be, regardless of why. Like, yeah. you know, but well, it's, it, explores oh. the, it explores the full spectrum of cruelty from just like casual, ignorant kind of cruelty that you don't. You know, and and that's kind of really seen in the people that attend the freak show uh, early yeah. on. You know, they're kind of just gawking and like, yeah. are they bad people? Are they good people? I don't know. They're just, they don't. They're just people. They're just people that are in their time and place. And yeah. this is an acceptable form of quote unquote entertainment at the time. <laughs> and they're, you know, I, I defy anyone no matter how fucking enlightened or woke or whatever you are, that if John Merrick was walking down the street towards you, part of your brain wouldn't go, oh my God. Yes. It just does because yeah. our brains are pattern recognition machines. Yes. And when you see something that is wildly divergent, yeah. you react. Yeah. You know, what makes you a good or a bad person is how you then respond to that thought. Yeah. You know, Anthony Hopkins' wife, uh, when she meets John Merrick, has the exact same reaction in her brain that those people at the freak show do. She yeah. chooses to respond with empathy and yes. not laugh and throw shit at him. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it's, this is the thing that people have a hard time getting their heads around that they're, and they're shadow boxing their own reactions to things. Well, it's, it's also when you, uh, when you don't use a, as a teaching moment with kids, you know, when kids can be just rude. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I, I remember my friends, uh, catching the bus in Adelaide with a daughter who's like four or something and they get on and, uh, you know, they just sit near uh, an Aboriginal man hmm. and out of nowhere the daughter has just yelled, I don't like black. Oh, Jesus. And she's like... like, And it's not that she it, doesn't like black, she's copying what she's heard at home. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, my friend's a single mum. No, oh, okay, no, no, right. no, no. It came, oh, okay, from, it friend, came right. from... It came from nowhere. And she wow. was just like, and then in that moment, what do you do? Like, because she wants to tell the gentleman, I'm so sorry. I don't know where that's come from. This is not anything. Or do you just like leave him alone? Because he deals with this kind of shit all the time. Maybe, maybe you have to rely on the fact that he's awfully dealt with this so often. He can tell when it's racist and he can tell when it's something like a kid just saying something weird. But Jesus, you know. I was at a mall once with my cousin when he was about five. And this is in the north of Sydney, so it wasn't as diverse. It's still not very diverse, but it yeah. definitely wasn't diverse then. Real real fucking white area of town. And um, an African-American guy, or just a black guy, was walking towards us. And my cousin at the top of his voice goes, oh, That man's made of chocolate! <laughs> oh, my God. And the guy, to his credit, like burst out laughing. Right, yeah, uh, right, right, right. <laughs> Right. But, you know, again, it's that like, oh, shit. Oh, like, my dude. Lord. I, I, I had what, a lot of- what a very nice man for laughing. Well, I mean, it's out of the mouths of babes, no, right? No, 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 so- I know. But also by laughing, yeah. he... Of course. There was a, there's a lot of grace with that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. I've had, you know, especially when I used to work with kids, um, there's a couple of people in the area that I worked with that had um, port wine stains on their face. Uh, and... 
Sorry, do you mean birthmarks? Yeah. Are we not allowed to say birthmarks anymore? I don't know. But I, 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 I'm reading a book at the moment by Charlie Coffin where he refers to it as a port wine stain. So that's what I'm saying. I don't know. I guess it's a birthmark, yeah. Oh, right, yeah. Because yeah. I had a – sorry to interrupt. I In grade three and four, I had a teacher called Miss Burgess who right. had a severe birthmark on her face yeah. and uh, not just on her face but it had, you know – it was puffy, yeah, because You're of the it. same, yeah. yeah. And she was uh, what a great teacher for me, uh, like a great teacher, anyway. Yeah. But you know, I remember in class, someone, one of the kids, just said, "What happened to your face?" And even then, I wanted the ground to open up and take me somewhere else. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and mm-hmm. she just answered it in such a loving and empathetic and caring way, mm-hmm. and it was like. Even even as a y- very young person who knows diddly squat, it was mm. like, remember this. This is this is an important moment. Mm, yeah. I've never forgotten it. It's a really important moment for me to hold on to because yeah. she's not just teaching this kid something by answering the question, but she is also showing something by example. Oh, yeah, and displaying, a, 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 you know, it, I mean, it's kind of unfair, the, the, the burden of like, oh, it's so it's responsible with such grace and dignity that like, but the, the, the burden of that, like from from everyone else to have yeah. to, to have to be some, to have to answer yeah. the question is but like, it's a, oh. But it's also a lesson for like, not just to not ask those questions, but also if you're ever in an, a situation where someone says something that's mildly awkward, there are ways to... Yeah deal with it and you can either overreact or you can just go boop hit it with logic and move forward and the the thing is with kids it's like you know of course it's under again back to that thing of like our brains are pattern recognition machines like Mm. they just are Uh, that's how we got to where we are you know identifying berries and identifying this and identifying that faces especially yeah Uh, you know and 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 you know, your brain registers the thing before your consciousness even does. Yeah. So, uh, by the way, sorry, I interrupted you talking about no, like, one of your friends. Oh yeah, well, just it's that thing about kids. You know, yeah. like you know, so it's it's completely understandable. I would even say acceptable when a kid can't stop looking or you know because yeah. it's the, a curiosity thing because rarely is there judgment connected to it yeah it's it's you know it's when you see the fucking adults doing it, it's like oh come on man you've been long alive long enough to not gawk and carry on you know like this yeah um but you know i've had great conversations with kids about that where it, be, it turns into a great lesson of projecting yourself out of yourself and 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 you know um hey you know how you were just staring at that person for ages and yeah. you know like imagine that was happening to you all the time, every day. Yeah. People just staring at you. Yeah. Like, how would you feel? Oh, that that wouldn't feel great, would it? Yeah. Um, and by the way, my friend used that situation with her daughter and that Aboriginal man as a teaching, you know, like mm. a, something good came out of yeah. it. But um, <laughs> you have to go through that moment. It's like, oh, God. Um, so one of the things that I really like about the film is that, you know, there are some people who are kind to John. Oh, yeah. And it does a good job of... Uh, ironically, not being black or white about it, you know. So some of my uh, favourite scenes with characters, uh, obviously, uh, well, we've already talked about um, uh, Hopkins wondering if he's a good man. Mm -hmm. One of my favourite scenes. Uh, I also really love uh, John Gilgut's first meeting with John uh, because it's very interesting 
he's kind of set up in a way that, oh, he's going to be the guy mm. that he, you know, helped Contest to push against to get anything to happen. And he's going to be in some way the nominal rich bad guy of yes. this story. Yes. And then he, he's not. No, he's, he's not. Great. He's practical, <laughs> and this is what it is. And then he comes in, and he realizes he's been trained, and he says, "Well, you know, he, he there's better places for him to go." And then he learns that uh, there's a lot more going on, and he immediately says, "Right, okay, well, let's do something about this." Mm. And it's just once again just such a nice layered bit of writing mm. and performance as well. Same mm. with the head nurse. Oh, she's great, isn't like, she? she? You know, her telling off Hopkins yeah. at one point, yeah. you know. And, and she's right. And she's right too. She's right. Yeah. Because just before that, we get that wealthy couple who are like, you know, they yeah. look like they're the rictus grins and the wide eyes yes. and everything. Yeah. And it is mortifying. It is just another version of the freak show. Yeah. You know, the clothes are nicer and there's some lovely tea in China, but, you know, it's, um, you know, they're still there to gawk. Yeah, yeah. What do you reckon uh, Treves, uh, you know, inspiration for his first encounter with John is? Is there, like, is he there deliberately or... Yeah, yeah right. I think he is. Yeah. He looks very... Deter- like, the first time... We- and, and again, it's a beautiful shot because we, we, the camera's moving through the crowds yeah. and everyone's kind of... They're at a carnival. Yeah. Uh, and they're like, oh, look at this, look at this, look at that. The camera really in on yeah. him. And he does a very dramatic turn. And, he, and f- you know, you talk about how he looks determined every time he enters a room. He's as determined. He's not... Yeah. A guy like that isn't at some... Wandering around wandering for no carnival reason. carnival freak show. He's yeah. there, you know, on a, on a mission. Yeah. And clearly the name of the elephant man is known. Yeah. You know, uh, later on... And that disgusting, um, whatever he is, caretaker yeah. at the hospital, you know, he says in the pub, you've heard of him, you've heard of the elephant yeah. man. So it's, you know, I think this is kind of a, 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 a sideshow that's, and obviously it is notorious because the police are there to shut it down. Yeah. Um, you, 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 you kind of feel like, you know, with uh, the scene where he has that single tear roll down his cheek, it is almost a moment where he was maybe potentially prepared for, you know, it's just some guy in some bad mm-hmm. costume. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Or or he does have some kind of disability, but it's not as... Yeah. Like, I, I mean, who could imagine? Mm. I mean, have you ever seen real photos yeah. of John Merrick? I mean, yeah. it's, it's very confronting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> it's the poor... Yeah. It's, it's full on. Just... Yeah. Uh, they do a good job with the makeup, actually. Yeah. I will, uh, I've got in the squid bits. I've got some stuff about yeah. that. You know, so you know, one of the bits that actually really upset me, and I don't quite know. I've written down what I think might be a reason that I get upset by this, but you know, when they uh, he takes him and shows him to the doctors, and you know, mm. and he's going through everything. That he has a normal sized penis and scrotum is the most upsetting part of that for some weird. Really, I don't know why. And I think so. I, I've sp- I've spent days trying to work out why I felt that way. And I, what I've written down is, I'm not sure if this is even correct, but I wonder if it's because it suggests that he was. Look, he was close to being not having to deal with this. Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah, it's. Yeah. Look, there's. This is where it was. It could have been, you know, and by the way, it could have been, I think it could have been, one hand was perfect, you know what I mean? And that um, that would have upset me. could Could it be that it's the man part of the elephant man? 
Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's like that. That's the part of him that is identifiable. I, I don't actually mean this literally, but you yeah. know, in that, in that, in terms of that kind of like eighteen nineties parlance of like, you know, this is the identifiable man part. Everything else is elephant. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Maybe it is. Yeah, maybe it is. And also, also, like, maybe it's also in the scene, the fact that this guy is exposed all the time, and now we're looking at his knob. Like, cannot get any, like... Okay, you know, at least oh. at, at least when he was in the freak show, he had the dignity of being clothed. Now right. he's, you know, he's being... And sure, they're not, like, you know, laughing and, and gawking, but, I mean, he is just another exhibition. He's yeah. just being exhibited again. And at that point, I do believe it is for the benefit of Hopkins. Yeah. You know, it's well, not... Well, at that point, At he's, that point, it is. He, yeah, he thinks maybe he's... He says he thinks he's an imbecile. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And when, and I think he says, you know, I pray to God that he is. Yes. Because can you imagine if he's yes. not? Um, so, yeah. Interesting line, that one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, have you ever done... Uh, I've done nude life drawing. Really? Yeah, where I was a model just the once. Really? You know what happens? After about five minutes, you're in fucking agony because you can't move <laughs> and you forget that you even have a penis. <laughs> So, what you, motivated you to do that? I was asked to do it, and I was young, and I was like, "Yeah, why not?" Wow. Yeah, I wouldn't have the uh, I wouldn't have the courage, mate. I don't know if I'd do it now. <laughs> um, <laughs> back in my youth, <laughs> and I, it was at the old Rhino Room, and then I remember it, the uh, it was running late, and suddenly all these DJs are walking in at the back, and I would have been embarrassed, but I was just. By that stage, like, you know, everything was clenching. <laughs> <laughs> I got a, someone gave me the artwork somewhere. That's I'll, great. I'll try and find and post it because conf- I'm sure everyone at home is sitting there going, love to see it. They <laughs> <laughs> probably would. Stuff from Ammo's desk. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, for the next competition, I'll find it and you can win it. Watch people just going, oh, you know what? We don't need to enter this one. Um, the, there's a point when, uh, you know, the, the wife treats John so well that he bursts into tears because mm. he's never had a beautiful woman be nice to him before. Yeah. So my question for you, you is uh, how many times have you done this when a beautiful woman's been nice to you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I wrote that. And it made me laugh while I was writing it as well. <laughs> Everyone's nice to me. Yeah, laughing, <laughs> laughing more at the fact of the moment when I get to read it to you. <laughs> oh, um, I do, I do empathise with that though. You know, on a, on not, on, not on, on, not on, on, not on the overt level of like that actual experience. Oh yeah, but yeah, yeah. Just that, uh, like, sometimes it can be overwhelming when someone's nice to you for, oh, yeah. for no, you know, for no major reason. Well, especially either. again, going back to that thing of like, you know, sure. You know, you as a viewer don't know what it's like to be uh, John Merrick, the Elephant Man. But you know, we've all felt hideous or unlovable or yeah. whatever. You know, I or mean, like it, a fucking god, mate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think when you're feeling in that real vulnerable, you know, kind of state, it is the simple acts of kindness that are yeah. jarring and 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 are profound in that moment. Yeah. Um, you know, I know when I'm feeling particularly mentally vulnerable. Yeah. And just kind of like really harrowed or whatever, and a, and a friend or even a stranger. Sometimes just a person being nice behind the counter of a coffee shop is, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> I get really resentful at bad service. Really. Yeah. It's a it's a real. It's like I I would consider myself to not have. 
sometimes I'll play up bugbears for the sake of comedy, but yeah. for the most part, I think I don't really have that many. But bad service is one of those things where I have to really work my head through it. I think it's because I worked in hospitality yeah. for a number of years, yeah. and I and stand up feels like. You know, it's not yeah, that far yeah, removed yeah, from yeah. hospitality. You're entertaining people and you're having to be upbeat no matter what's going on in your yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. you know, I'm paying for the service and I'll leave a tip. And, mm. like, you don't have to do anything. Like, I don't need a waiter or anyone to be a tap dance. But yeah, just yeah, yeah. if I say, how are you today? Fine. Just say fine. <laughs> See, I've got, I've got the, ab- I've got the absolute... It's a really bad No, I've thing. got the absolute reverse thing because I, I worked in retail and hospitality for many years as well and like unless it's overtly fucking rude you know uh i yeah. i totally empathize with someone when they're just like oh no 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 i i'm talking about rude oh yeah, yeah rude yeah, is yeah, different yeah. but you know uh, uh <laughs> my mum is perhaps you know of that generation that's you know the customer is always right and uh you know you are here to service me and it's just insufferable it's yeah. like this guy's <laughs> This guy's been paid like 15 bucks an hour. Like, yeah, fuck yeah. Off. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, no, no, no. Like, there's so there's a guy, there's a, a small cafe that has been holding on during yeah, lockdown. Yeah, yeah. And I have gone there twice a day. That's been my thing. I'm going to go there twice a day, maybe three times a week. I'll buy food as well mm-hmm. and just kind of do what I can do to yeah. contribute to it. Uh, food's delicious. Coffee is sensational couple are lovely and sometimes i go in there and i can see in his eyes he's thinking what the fuck can i say to this guy and i just sometimes walk in and say hi how's it going today and then i just get on my phone and give him some time yeah, off yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah yeah, yeah. totally yeah, yeah, and yeah i know yeah. i know it's not his fault yeah like you know it's like it, passing someone in the office hallway five times a day yeah, after seeing, a while it's like yeah, yeah fuck, i got nothing uh, you see, he sees me twice a day uh, six days a week yeah. and there's nothing else to talk about so yeah. it's all the same conversations yeah. oh yeah this is full on oh the weather's this oh when do you think the doors will open yeah. oh I bet you can't wait till things are normal again oh, oh these people who aren't getting vaxxed yeah. it's all the yeah. same thing how do we end up with that awful fucking new premiere you know it's <sighs> Jesus anyway let's not go down that route because mm. that guy is fucking like well, yuck I, I think it's yeah yuck I think institutionalised corruption got us all there but anyway um yeah, don't get me started. I'm not going to. <laughs> Mrs. Kendall, interesting character. Like and a, Bancroft. Yeah. Yeah, great. Um, her motivations at first, you're like, you're not sure what's going on. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, no, she just sounds like she's just nice. <laughs> yeah. I, maybe, maybe her motivation at the beginning is that kind of like, you know... Uh, you know, ooh, th- this would be a fascinating experience. Yeah, and there and there is a moment again. It's very subtle, but she comes she comes in full yeah tilt yeah when she meets him, uh, and then there's a moment of awkwardness. Yes, like it's only slight, but where yeah. she's again very much like um, Treves' wife. Yeah, where she has a moment of like oh. Yeah. God. Yeah. Uh, and but her then, smile never wavers and she kind of, you know, yeah. her positivity never wavers. Yeah, that's right. But there is a waver. There's a waver. And then I think it's that awkwardness of like, well, what what do we do now? Like, what do we talk about? And then when he starts doing the reading, yeah, that's when she, you know, is like, yeah. you know, what, what does she say? You are... You are Romeo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> you. Yeah, and <laughs> it's that a really be- nice moment. And that beautiful moment where he delivers the line and he yeah. goes, and then it says that they kiss, and he, 
and the way he delivers that line, yeah. and then, you know, as though it's not. He's not pining for a kiss. He just knows yeah. that's not even... Yeah. That's not on the cards, and nor would he ever put her in a position where, yeah. you know, she would feel... And, and he just closes the book and puts it away. Yeah. Um, and it's... Fuck, man. Moments like that just destroyed me. Yeah. Time. I was, oh I was crying God. the whole way through this film. Yeah. It was just too much. <sighs> I watched it naked and, and then thought about the absurdity of that, and that stopped me from crying. <laughs> I Did made that really? up. No. <laughs> I just felt like saying something dumb. Uh, oh, shit. I was just sitting here in the nude watching The Elephant Man. Doesn't everyone do that on a Saturday night at 49? No, Hamo, no. Um, it's our new series. No, Hamo, no. Uh, the moment where everyone breaks into John's home and dances oh. with him and takes advantage of him as the music whirls. While I, I, like, apart from the obvious awfulness of that scene, do you... I, I don't know this. I, I tried to do a little bit of research. I didn't really find anything that uh, backed this up, but I have to be honest, I did a shallow search because, you know, I was running out of time to get this yeah, ready. Yeah, yeah. But it, I was looking at that going, wow, was that particular scene a huge influence on people like Tim Burton and Guillermo del Toro? Because it feels yeah, like right. one of those, something that they've kind of done in, you know, in their own Baroque kind of way. Yeah, but that scene just felt felt like a, blueprint for someone like tim burton yeah that was um that fucking demented carnival music yes yeah it was it was the music and the way the camera was moving yeah. and you know just so just imagine that with bright primary oh, colors yeah, and yeah, yeah. That, i mean you I, know? I you know I, I'm, I'm thinking of batman returns when you say that stuff with the penguin uh, oh yeah you know oh uh, yeah yeah the yeah camera whirling yeah. and stuff yeah but yeah the, the the music in that where it's like I don't even know how to put it into words. Like, it's not just the cruelty. It's not just how horrific it is. It's like this is ins- this is insane. Yeah, this is like fever pitch hysteria. Yeah. Insane. Yeah, like what are you? F- what are you people it, doing? It kind of keeps that nightmare fairy tale. Yeah, but, it, but it, yeah, and and you know, and the way the music when they when uh, just the, uh, bringing the mirror in, there's. Oh, that yeah. is just like, like what a level of cruelty. The cruelty of like the delight, yeah, just the delight of torturing this this person, yeah. you know. Um, and the way the music peaks after yeah. he screams when he sees himself in the mirror, um, yeah, it's it's um, it's like a bad acid trip or something. It's like everything's gone wrong. Yeah. This is really this is yeah, just this the is worst, gross. you know. And the fact that he's so comfortable and secure just before that yeah just that you can't even you're not even well, safe he in has your own that home. moment where he gets to yeah. kind of act out yeah being a part of it's high a society to meet you yeah uh, and, he's and it's the- kind of like it's such a once again vulnerable moment because it's like you wonder is this the first time he's ever imagined himself yeah. To have an opportunity to be like this of course you know of course and oh. it's that and, and, and it's the added cruelty of like you know it would have been cruel enough if he'd been whatever reading a book or yeah asleep or something yeah but in this moment where he's play acting as a quote unquote normal yeah person and they just burst in and it's like no you're not a normal person you're a fucking ugly freak yeah and we're gonna fucking you know we're reminding you of that don't ever don't ever think that you're a member of high society don't even right. imagine it don't even right. allow yourself to imagine it right um, it's just. Uh, I could, yeah, I really, I really couldn't handle that sequence, oh. and I know. I mean, it's so. I mean, it's almost kabuki, like it's so over the top. Yeah. Uh, but again, like so much, especially with Lynch, so so much of um, the truth of what he gets to is done through this really heightened 
um, depiction of it where the people that don't like Lynch's work, that's what they blanch against. It's like, right. oh, God, it's like, yeah, all right. Yeah. It's a bit much. But yeah. I feel it's the, it's the fact that it's a bit much. It's accessing something that couldn't be accessed any other way. You can yeah. do that scene in a more subtle way, but I don't know if it would convey the true horror of the, what's happening. It's a, it's a grotesque scene yeah. where people who are, uh, acting grotesque towards what they consider grotesque. Absolutely. <laughs> you, know, you know, so that's that, why it's so... Yeah, that disgusting ugh. old man, you know, licking the tits of that young oh, woman that he's yeah. with and like, <laughs> and like sticking his fingers in her mouth. It's like, this oh. is just like, you know, and that and that complete lack of self-reflection. And it's one of my, one of my favourite Far Side cartoons. And I've seen this at the aquarium with disgusting people standing outside the cuttlefish exhibit uh i don't know if you remember it it's a it's two very grotesquely drawn human beings in the far side and they're looking at a snake going like oh it's disgusting what a disgusting monster yeah Um, and i've experienced that at the aquarium like i say where it was you know this gaggle of people going oh yuck and it's like no 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 that's beautiful you are yuck you are disgusting yeah. yeah you know this um this just complete lack of being able to externalize out of your own head and you yeah. know i'm the best i'm right i'm beautiful oh my god and not realizing it is all just perspective right and then he's and then that scene dovetails into him being dragged to belgium oh, and then Christ. being locked up next to the baboons and in that moment like i feel awful for John and the baboons. Yeah, every, like, everything. Everything is so everything. gross. We, it, haven't, we haven't discussed that guy. Are we going to talk about that uh, filthy fucking animal? The, uh, the, the owner. The owner. Well, I, I can't I remember guess. what his name is. Yeah, I, uh, I've written him down somewhere. What yeah, a what profoundly a, unpleasant... I mean, it's a brilliant performance. Oh, it's a great performance. It's brilliant, yeah. but what yeah. a profoundly... Like, that is one of those performances where you feel like you're covered in dirt. Yeah, after he, every scene, it's disgusting. It, it's funny. He, um, like, he looks like he smells, yep. and uh, yep. you know, just a just awful. And there, there's a weird. I mean, you know, maybe I'm just reading into it, but I just found there to be a weird. I'm not saying he molested John or anything like that, but there's no. a weird psychosexual energy. Yeah, when he like kisses the poster and yeah. just goes my treasure yeah I, I, I audibly was like oh yeah. yuck yeah fuck you yeah yeah like Gollum was looking at that guy going yeah. dial it down yeah 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 that is yeah, too yeah, yeah, much yeah. Because, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting choice because you could just, you know, it could be like, ha-ha, like, you know, whatever. Yeah, like, it could be know, a little bit more, twirling. yeah, dastardly. Yeah, but this is like, there's something <laughs> yeah. like grossly, um, th- 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 there's a molestation energy to it, which... It's, it's interesting with the young boy hanging around as well. Yeah. Not that I necessarily think that he's doing anything no. to the young boy, but there is, it's all just gross. But it, and it's that passing on of like the... the um, the, the bad behaviour. The bad behaviour to yeah. this, this kid, you know, who in the end yeah. um, accesses some compassion. Yeah, it's like... He realises how fucked it is. He rises above what he's being taught and yeah. the the surroundings. And yeah, and yeah it's... Uh, yeah, interesting little... Like, you kind of... It's... Every character kind of has interesting little arcs and that little boy has uh, an amazing one. Mm. Um, God. It, it's, people just... If they can't communicate with it, like they can't treat it with respect, you mm. know. It's like, like if we lived in a world when you stabbed a cow instead of it going moo, it went fuck. You'd be like, oh, maybe I shouldn't oh, stab yeah. this cow. Oh yeah, big time. 
big time, which is which is such a tragedy because so like you know so so little of communication is verbal. Right. You know. Right. You know that every time they release some study where it's like, oh, we've scientifically proven that dogs feel pain when you cut their legs off. Like, I didn't need a scientific <laughs> no, study. Like, it's all good. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I oh, got it. <laughs> my favourite one was, oh, it turns out when you take fish out of the water and yeah. they're flipping around, yeah. they're kind of freaking out. Yeah, they're freaking out. Like, oh yeah, really? Oh no, I thought. I thought they were like tap dancing because they were wrapped that they were free at last. Oh God, yeah, I was yeah. trapped in the water and now I'm outside. Being now I'm crushed by gravity. I can't breathe. Oh, no, this is great. I'll, I'll grow a spine. I'll get a job. I'll, uh, you know, I'll pay tax. Like I'll, I'll contribute. Unbelievable. People. I, I had a friend when I was a little kid, a friend's dad took us fishing and oh my I God, freaked, I've never been fishing. Well, I freaked out when this yeah. thing got torn out of the water and he's like, don't worry. God designed fish so that they don't have pain receptors in their lips yeah and even at seven just thinking that's a load of horseshit what are you talking that's fucking stupid yeah. also like let's hang on a sec let's just enjoy that because i don't want to gloss over that so let's imagine god is real yeah. right so one day david bowie says uh sorry <laughs> already gone there. <laughs> but no no so god says okay right i'm gonna design these uh living creatures called fish yeah. and uh i have a feeling might be delicious. Yeah. And those pesky, hairless apes might want to eat them. Yeah. So you know what I'll do? I'll, I'll let them feel pain everywhere. But I, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to invent the fishing hook and uh, it will go through the lips. But the fish will be fine. Yeah. won't feel any pain in its lips and that's great. God, what happens when you stick the knife into it? (laughs) It's still going to feel pain. Totally. What happens when you wrench it out? It's asphyxiating to death. Of course it's feeling pain. Yes. It's just, yeah, it's really... um... Yeah, you know how when we stick your head under the water and hold your head under there and your arms and legs are going up and down? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tap dancing. Yeah, it's Fuck. um, yeah, the, yeah. The fish thing's an interesting one because yeah. they're so other. It's so easy to it's kind so, of yeah, yeah. Know. I mean, the fact that you know, my mum's called herself a vegetarian for forty years. Like, mate, you eat fish. Yeah, you eat fish. They don't grow fish in fields. Yeah, that's meat. She's a squintitarian. <laughs> yeah. She only eats things with squinty eyes. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've always been fascinated uh, by that. You know, it's like the uh, uh, I haven't seen the octopus. My octopus teacher. Uh, my octopus teacher. Uh, I've heard that it's really good. Yeah. And I do want to watch it. Yeah. But there's this, um, you know, oh my God, octopuses, uh, you know, or octopi, uh, they really have a lot going on. It's like, yeah. yes. Everything has a lot going on. Everything. Everything, everything that you feel came from something else. You know. Or, or exists in something else. Yeah. You know when you go on Instagram and you look at some reels and you watch animal videos of like a little cat looking up at a big cat and the big cat smacking it around the head and then it looks at you and then the little cat leaps on it. Mm. That was like they knew what was going on there. The big one was teaching a lesson and then the when the big one looked away, the little one thought, I've learned a lesson and I'm going to attack your face. Yeah, like. Yeah. They were thoughts. Yeah, of course they do. Yeah, I mean, you know, they will, they, you know if we don't fucking all annihilate ourselves in the next 50 years... Have a drink. Have a drink. Uh, uh, there will be a... You know, when people have a drink for me, it's merry. And when people have a drink for you, it's like, oh, fuck, <laughs> that's right. I forgot the, the world off. was awful. <laughs> Tequila. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> there will be a day of reckoning. There will be a day of reckoning where we have to fully uh, psychically account for what we have uh, unleashed on the, uh, the the creatures of this earth. No, and yeah. it is beyond the pale. Oh. Hey, we're talking about 
cruelty. So yeah, no, no, all, no, all, no, all, no, no I agree. No, no, it all fits, but uh, that's that's what's depressing about it. And then uh, the the trek home as well, through the streets mm. being run down and having to yell, you know. I'm, you know, what is it? It's, uh, I am not, not an, an elephant. elephant. I am not an animal. I am a human being. I am a man. <laughs> it's like... Which happened. Which happened. Yeah. yeah. That did happen. Yeah. Um, what do you think of the moment when he attends the theatre and he receives the standing ovation? I'm in two minds because there's a part of me that's like, this kind of condescending, right. giving a guy a standing ovation because he just happens to be, you know, in their minds, very, very ugly. Um, but... Is, but okay, is no, that no, why but, they're applauding? Right. Are they okay. applauding because they are celebrating a, a profound overcoming of a massive roadblock in life and look at you, here you are. Yeah. Uh, and that that's my that's what I would like to think it is. And I th- well, I think that's uh, I think the key to the scene because I was very much the same as you. Yeah. And and also being completely honest and letting a real bias in who I am come out, there was a little part of me of, oh, yeah, so all the poor people were fucking assholes to him and then all the rich people were good. Fuck those people, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I think uh, the key to the scene is Mrs. Kendall and I think yes. her sincerity informs the scene and yes. so I think it is all sincere. Yes, yes, yes. But I do think just to... The movie never stops balancing. I do think... That's part of what's on Hopkins' mind at the end, 100%. even though he knows he's he's pretty certain that this has been great, but there's just a little bit of doubt in him that he's a bit uncertain. Well, again, he is the object of a room full of people. They're not outwardly gawking at him, but I mean, it's very similar to the scene when he's on exhibition for the surgeons right near the beginning. It ends with a round of applause. Yeah. And this time the round of applause is for him. Yeah. But there, yeah, there, yeah. there can be no unified reason that all of those people are applauding for the same reason. Like, you no. know, some of them are applauding because they are like, wow, what an amazing yeah. story. Some of them are applauding for themselves. Look what a good person I am. Yeah. And some of them are applauding because it's the done, you know, the done thing. Like, yeah. I think it's a whole a full I, spectrum. I, I, I don't. I think we're projecting the negativity that we have juggled with this. I think you and I are both projecting because I think the intention of the scene is. Mrs. Kendall, hmm. and I think we can just enjoy it. Because yeah, but, but, no, when but, I kept thinking further, <laughs> you know... But I think what you said is true, that Hopkins is... But Hopkins, yeah. So I think that there is that, 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 that room oh, to yes. kind of be like, yeah. uh, to me... Oh, sorry, I was kind of talking about in the moment. Yeah, But to me, the moments of, the moments of uh, kindness, for want of a better word, that are shown to him are the small ones that come from the head nurse and the younger nurse. Yeah towards the end of the film where they see him as a man and yeah. they are just joyful to see him. Yeah. And, you know, they're beaming when, you know, um, and it's that young nurse who, when she first saw him, screamed and dropped yeah. the plate. And at the end of the movie, she's, you know, she's just grateful that, and delighted that she's going to the opera with her friend John. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and to me, that's the, you know, that's the true arc of having this preconceived notion about the person and then getting to the other side and going, you're just a dude and it's all good. Yeah. Uh, As opposed to a theatre full of people who are, you know, yeah. And, and, you know, again, as John, that moment would have been profound. Yeah. You know, it's the first time in his life an audience has ever applauded him for a good reason. Yeah. 
and that's something. Yeah. So much going on. Oh, man. So it's, much it's going a on. Movie. It's really great. A couple more questions. Would you like to see this as a series? No. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I couldn't do it. It's, it's just over two hours, and I was, oh. I, I was done when it was done. Oh. Much like I am with every Lynch movie. It yeah, seems yeah. to end just when it's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Whew, okay, we're yeah. back. And, yeah. uh, and uh, what, what are your thoughts on the moment when John finally goes to sleep? Uh, I think that's him... I went back and forth on this one. Uh, I think that's him in himself for the first time feeling like a human being. Yeah. And I think it's a moment of relief. It's a moment of relief. Yeah. It's like, you know, uh, and yeah, I think that's him, you know, and, 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 the, and the real John Merrick talked about that a lot, yeah. you know, how he wanted to sleep like normal people do. Yeah. Uh, and I think that in, within the context of the movie, that's him going, I am, I am a man now yeah. and I will sleep as people do instead of in this, you know, and I, I think he fully knows that this will be the yeah. end of him. Yeah. Um, it's debatable whether he thought that in real life. They don't really know. They think right. he might've had a stroke and fallen backwards or something. Right. But in the movie, he, he makes the choice. Right. And it's almost like, you know, I think the key to that scene actually comes a couple of scenes before where he's getting ready for the opera and he's mm. talking to Hopkins. Mm. Uh, and I can't remember what Hopkins says. He expresses some kind of, oh, that's right. He says, I'm sorry for what happened. Yes. I'm really sorry. And I'm going to cry talking about it. Uh, and John says, uh, you know, please don't be sorry. I'm happy every moment of every day for, no. I, know, for I know that I'm loved. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And... Um, <laughs> You know, and I and and I and I know myself. It, it, he yeah. says something else, but it's 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 the equivalent of and and I know and I know myself. Yeah, uh, and I think that's the key to the the bed scene at the end. I think yeah. it's he's he's become fully actualized in a way that he never could have imagined. Yeah, you know, I mean, his life should have the way it was playing out. It you know, for all intents and purposes, it should have played out that he had this horrific end in a right. freak show in some disgusting backwater. Yeah. That's probably all the best he could have hoped for. Yeah. And like unbelievable as it is, he's wearing a custom made suit, yeah. sitting in an opera box being applauded by the, you know, the richest people in London. Yeah. And, and he's, you know, the Queen's After writing watching letters. a pantomime. And, yeah. yeah. It's just, uh, you know, it's like a, you know, you talk about a dream. My yeah. God. Uh, and it is. It's like the nightmare has turned into a dream. And it's, yeah. you know, you know what? It can't. And that's why, that's how it ends as well. Yeah. Like it's his mum greeting him yeah. in a dreamlike state. Yeah. Uh, I have some squid bits for you. Uh, long considered that Merrick suffered from neurofibromatosis. Neurofibromatosis. Yes. I, you know what? Neurofibromatosis. I had it right yesterday <laughs> and I knew I would lose it today. Uh, but since 1986, it has been reappraised and believed that he suffered from Proteus syndrome. Mm. This is a rare disorder characterized by overgrowth of various tissues of the body uh, following, following the death of the real John Merrick, parts of his body were preserved for medical science to study. Internal organs were kept in jars and plastic casts were taken of his head, an arm and a foot. The organs were destroyed by German air raids during the Second World War, but the cast survived at the London Hospital and the makeup was designed from these cars. Mm. Another reason to not like the Nazis. Um, Mel Brooks, because I needed another one. <laughs> Like, you know what? Oh, now I had them. Yeah, that's the tipping point. Now I'm thinking, fuck those guys. You know? Maybe they're not good at all. Did you, did you mention the skeleton? That the uh, skeleton is, was also uh, uh, preserved? 
Yes. Yeah. Uh, where did I put that? Somewhere. Yes. And cool. the, and the, didn't wasn't there a rumor that Michael Jackson bought the bones? Yeah. I don't know if that's true. Yeah, but, I don't uh, know either. But it was always the the the, the, the picture of his skull again yeah. is extremely confronting. Yeah. Oh my god. Yes. Um, Mel Brooks executively produced the movie but deliberately left the name off the credits because mm. he knew if people saw his name, they'd get the wrong idea about the film. <laughs> Probably think it was a comedy. Oh, I'm yeah. going to go and see The Elephant the Man. Elephant. That sounds hilarious. It's oh Mel Brooks. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's suddenly, you know, three minutes into that opening dream scene yeah. and you're all having a nervous breakdown. Yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm not getting the joke. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Brooks was inspired to hire Lynch off the back of Eraserhead. Mm. Uh, so I did not know this. The real John Merrick was born Joseph Merrick. Yeah. I did not know that. In yeah. Leicester, 1862, and from around the age of five, he began to develop his physical deformity. I had no idea. Do you know why it turned into John? Because he, uh, Treves didn't... Anonymity. No, he, he, knew, he knew his name was... Um, oh, was it? Right. So it was like, kind of like John Doe. Oh, right, it right. Was to, it was to try and preserve his anonymity. Oh, right, right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, I read stuff where he just misheard him and it just got perpetuated throughout. No, no, no. In his diaries, the um, Joseph is crossed out and replaced with John. Oh, okay. Great. Uh, Merrick did claim that his mother was frightened by a rampaging elephant. Some biographers have doubted this, but one uh, elephant reportedly did escape from a circus in Leicester in 1862. Uh, We don't need to talk about the name because you have put me right with that. The character of Bites, who's that the awful character, is based on Tom Norman. Historians have pointed out that Norman's rudeness might have been part of the act in which Merrick pretended to be a half-human, half-elephant from Africa and Norman, the supposed captor. In real life, Merrick chose to exhibit himself, Mm -hmm. was treated well at the sideshow and established an equal financial partnership with Norman, who was apparently a decent man. During 22 months of work, Merrick managed to save £50 from his earnings, which back then was a year's income for a working-class family. So in the real world, Merrick knew what he was doing. Mm. So that's... Yeah, that, yeah he, did, he definitely had a lot more autonomy in real life. Yeah. Yes, it is true. That's a relief. It's a relief, but it's also like, Jesus, like... God. Like, you know, like, it's, I, like I know it's still awful, but yeah. like there's a little bit... like this, yeah. If he had a little bit more sense of control, that yes. made me exhale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the film switches the chronology of the real story around. In the real world, Merrick travelled to Belgium by choice after the tide of public taste turned against freak shows in Britain. Mm. His new partner... Didn't lock him up, but did rob him. Yes. Leaving Merrick in a state of distress. I've got to stop calling him Merrick because I keep thinking of Merrick Watts. And the. Womp <laughs> 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 I have. <laughs> I have a lot of time for Merrick. Uh, he's a very nice man, but he uh, told me he was on SAS. And uh, at one point they tortured him. Like, they probably torture you, and it's insane. But Merrick won it, and he told me, he said, mate, I was fine. I, you know what I did while they were torturing me? And it's like, I think they had like a Hessian bag over his head and were jamming things in his ears that was playing music at a thousand decibels. <sighs> and Merrick got through it by just thinking about his favourite Rieslings. <laughs> so Mark could have done another six hours. I was like, Merrick, you are insane. But it made me laugh so much. I loved it. Um the horrible scene back at Liverpool Street Station where he's set upon by the mob is yes. accurate, yes. which you already said. And that was the point that he was admitted to the London Hospital. Dustin Hoffman was keen to play Merrick, but producer Jonathan Sanger was against it, arguing that people would be looking for where John Merrick ended and Dustin Hoffman yeah, began. Yeah, uh, I think that's true. John Hurt 
in his Stephen Dorff moment, would endure six-hour sessions of prosthetic makeup that was so restrictive he could only drink through a straw. He did say, though, that the shoot was as near to heaven as you could get. Mm. Lynch also wanted his Eraserhead lead, Jack Nance, to play the part. But when he saw Hurt in The Naked Civil Servant, he changed his mind. Uh, Hurt saw Eraserhead at the cinema with a friend who said, well, you won't be making that movie with David Lynch, to which Hurt replied, you have to be fucking joking. I guarantee you will live your dying day and you will not be short of 30 images out of that film. It was so wild and dangerous. I kind of read him more like Roy Kent from Ted Lasso. Uh, (laughs) You have to be fucking joking. Uh, Anyway, you haven't seen Ted Lasso, have you? Roy Kent is such a beautifully realised character. The, The gruff angry man who are like people are a little bit scared of mm. but when he growls at kids kids are excited and they love him oh, I <laughs> like, you, know, that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you would really enjoy that character um also there's a character called nate if for anyone who hasn't caught up with ted lasso but the character of nate fuck you need to watch it because mm. He reminds me of so many people in, in the Australian comedy scene. And anyone who's watched Ted Lasso is probably thinking, fuck. Anyway, we'll talk about this when I turn off the mics. Uh, <laughs> we'll save that for the Patreon. <laughs> we will name names. <laughs> um, Mel Brooks, after seeing a racer head burst out of the cinema, grabbed Lynch and said, you're a madman. I love you. Yeah. Have I ever told you uh, the story that... Um, Ross Noble told me about Mel Brooks. No. So Ross Noble was, uh, they did a season of Camelot. Right. And uh, there was just something, there was there was just something off. They couldn't quite work out what was off with it. And it was really early on. So they, Mel Brooks came over and worked on it, wow. you know. So he got to hang out with him. And, and, you know, every time they'd go out for lunch or dinner, you know, he'd always insist on getting the, the check. And every time he got the bill, he'd look and like, go, oh. Like have a heart attack at how expensive it was. It was his thing, you know. It's just really funny. Yeah, but he'd great. always have to wear a hat and glasses because you know he didn't want to be recognised. Yeah. But people would recognise him anyway. They're out for lunch one day. Yeah. Someone recognises Ross, and they're coming up and telling Ross how much they love him, how excited they are. And then they look over, and Mel Brooks whips off his hat and glasses and says, "Yeah, but what about me? <laughs> what a legend! What an absolute yeah, legend! Yeah, absolutely." Uh, this was his quote. Have you heard his quote, Mel Brooks' quote about David Lynch, who David Lynch is? No, this is great. Yeah. This guy is like Jimmy Stewart if Jimmy Stewart had been born on the planet Venus. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah, so That's peachy keen, Mel. Oh, my God. I've uh, I've bookmarked the day that he... Uh, the. On my birthday, when he did my weather, like just did the weather yeah, on my yeah, birthday. Yeah. Anyway, I bookmarked that because it's just like <laughs> September 20. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, uh, David Lynch had the intention of doing Merrick's makeup himself. He spent six weeks mm. working in secret on a mask to fit over Hertz torso and head but the inflexible material made it impossible for her to act and the result was a disaster lynch said that he would go to bed and have nightmares about yeah. it so oh god i thought mel would fire him off the film yeah uh like i can like that feels palpable like you can see where oh, yeah. it's like oh yeah we've got this plan we'll do this and then you go this is not yeah 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 fuck this and isn't if the working. makeup doesn't work my god well, yeah you're in trouble yeah. you know it's like oh um 
BBC makeup artist Christopher Tucker was brought in. He's the bust of the real Joseph Merrick, which had been cast in plaster shortly after his death in 1890. Sanger said, literally, the cast had actual hairs in the plaster that Mm. were from Joseph Merrick. Uh, The thunder started rolling outside as we get to the end. John Hurt said about the film, if you could manage to get to the end of The Elephant Man without being moved... I don't think you'd be someone I'd want to know. Yes. You legend. John Hurt was great. And finally, this is a poem used by Joseph Merrick to end his letters, adapted from False Greatness by Isaac Watts. Tis true my form is something odd, but blaming me is blaming God. Could I create myself anew, I would not fail in pleasing you. If I could reach from pole to pole or grasp the ocean with a span, I would be measured by the soul. The mind's the standard of the man. Jeez, man. If you could access 10% of that kind of grace in your life, you'd be doing pretty good. Uh, I would like me heaps more. Yep. <laughs> Any last thoughts? <laughs> no, that's perfect. That's yeah. beautiful. So, what is it next? We've got Dune. Dune. Yeah, yeah. The one, uh, the one film that David Lynch has disowned. Yeah, so, which is going to be fascinating. Yep. There was a bit of discourse on Twitter uh, for people. Uh, I'd, uh, I apologise for whoever it was. I can't remember your name, but someone wrote uh, they'd heard me talking about the the Lynch. Uh, stuff mm-hmm. we were going to do on Fofop with Will Anderson. Yeah, right. And they were asking when it was going to happen. And I, and I, at that point, I wasn't sure when we were going to start this. And then yeah. I wrote and said, oh, let's start it on, uh, let's start the season off with it. We'll yeah, do yeah, it, yeah. you know, on the 12th of October. But anyway, um, there was a really nice and interesting discourse between uh, some uh, another uh, David Lynch focused podcast and a couple of uh, listeners talking about whether to include Dune or not. Like, some of them, people don't recognise it as a David Lynch movie. Well, yeah. We're, we're going to cover it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, like, if we can if we can time it that we release Dune and then go and see and do a Space sure. Odyssey about Dune, Great. that would feel like the yeah. double that will be excited about. Oh, I can also watch Jodorowsky's Dune. Like, let's just Dune it up. Dune it up. Yeah, we should have done it in June. Uh, we could have done Dune, Dune in June. June. <laughs> Thank you to Ben Elwood for joining me today to discuss this movie. Uh, ben will be back on Thursday as we continue our Space Policy Limited series with a Far out, another movie to tug at the heartstrings. The wonderful E.T. Like, what a week. Elephant Man, E.T., get the tissues ready. It's too much, isn't it? It's just, it's all the emotion here at Big Squid. Uh, Thank you also to Ryan Leon for being our patron for this episode. If you'd like to have access to extra material and podcasts, head over to Patreon and look up Big Squid Justin Hamilton and you'll find a tier that suits you. If money is tight and it has been a really full-on couple of years and I completely understand that it just might be a bit too much for you to make a uh, commitment to, uh, but sometimes you might like to contribute. So, uh, you know, suggesting us to people that you think might enjoy the podcast is always really helpful or even leaving big squid a top review at apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show it all helps it's all appreciated please don't go out of your way if uh, you know things are a bit tight 
I will be back uh, this week, as I said, with Space Podacy. And also uh, remember the Cameron James uh, podcast for all you Patreon subscribers is dropping tomorrow. That's on Wednesday. And uh, maybe I'll be able to squeeze out. It just depends. I'm I'm trying to squeeze out uh, another little bonus mini episode with reviews of Belfast and Last Night in Soho. So hopefully I can just get on top of uh, some work things this week and have that ready for you. So there might even be might even be an extra podcast on Friday, so keep an eye out for that. Let's finish today with a quote from John Merrick. I sometimes think my head is so large because it is so full of dreams. Until then. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.